Good morning and welcome to the Snake River Lib. It's the 12th of June, 12.05 a.m. Central Time. Welcome. Um, finally, I'm getting around to the long-promised uh, discussion regarding um, police reform. But first, just a quick update. Um, for those that aren't aware, a new country has been formed within the United States, the country of Chaz. Uh, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which is uh, six city blocks within the city of Seattle. Um, the Seattle mayor's uh, allowing uh, this group of uh, anarchists and and such to to uh, they took over the uh, uh, police precinct building after the police emptied it out. They got all the evidence and. And everything out, um, and left it to to the anarchists. They've set up, uh, interestingly enough, uh, a group that proclaims open borders and and open immigration. The first thing that they did was put up checkpoints and and borders around uh, their enclave. Of course, there are people and that don't necessarily want to be part of the of Chaz that um, either are inside and want to get out because they're inside because they live there or perhaps they do business there. But now they're kind of in this situation where now they're going to have to pay a fee to Chaz to operate. And while this was initially set up by an anarchist uh, movement, what so frequently happens is that a warlord has taken over um, this should be a warning shot to all those people. For some reason, anarchists uh, struggle to learn this lesson. Um, when it comes to human communities, um, lack of a power structure invites a totalitarian government. It happened in, in Spain. It happens everywhere. The French Revolution, you know, the French Revolution was very much an anarchist movement. Uh, uh, what happened after that? Well, they had Napoleon. Um, the same in Russia. Um, pretty much anywhere that there was any kind of a significant anarchist uh, uh, revolt or rebellion, or in the case of Spain, actually, they were uh, those that were fighting Franco. Franco was the rebellion, so to speak, uh, against the royalists in the republic. Um, the anarchists were uh, nominally siding with the, the Spanish government, um, but it didn't last long, and the, the Russian communists uh, came in and... and and, of course, they did their normal sanitizing that they normally do. Uh, George Orwell was one of those that was in Spain fighting on behalf of the Spanish Republic. Um, they had firsthand uh, view of what happens to those people that think that you can just... Uh, you know, blow up the power structure and have everything in common and everybody will just get along. He saw right off the bat what happens when there's a vacuum in a power structure. But because these very same groups, as they're trying to do now in the United States, uh, rewriting history, um, eliminating history, um, that way they can't learn from it. 
And so when people say, well, you should have learned from history, they can say, what history? And be honest about it. Things are really a mess right now, and frankly, I don't know how things get resolved. I mean, the Civil War was ugly. It was nasty. Um, while I abhor slavery and the concept of it, um, I don't disagree with the idea of succession. And I've argued in my blog mostly, but just mentioned before, the you know, California has argued has put uh, ballot initiatives or they've wanted to to, uh, to secede from the union. And the truth of the matter is most of the people um, in California have uh, most people in California have have uh, uh, wanted to secede from the union for a while. And most of the founders of this nation actually uh, felt that secession was not contrary to uh, to this uh, to to the founding. It was not contrary to the Constitution that that a state can opt in, and that if they feel like that the that the government and the central government has gone too far, uh, that the state can opt out. And so. He, um, uh, and so the founders pretty much all felt that way. Um, uh, hopefully, if, if a state uh, asks for secession and it gets to that point, uh, that we just let them go. Um, hopefully that we can find some way, especially in states where there's such division, because like in the state of California, for example, I mean, yes, it's a, a very, very blue state, but you also actually have a very geographical divide. You have the, the coast that, uh, that's very, uh, very blue, and then you have the inland part of uh, California that is uh, far more conservative. Uh, hopefully that would be taken into consideration and that those people would not be sucked into the what would soon to become hell um, as we're seeing now. You know, one of the first messages that came out of Chaz besides their demand that the police be, de Seattle police be defunded and, and prisoners be released, uh, one of their first demands was, oh, and we need food, vegetarian or vegan food you know uh, if this if it's easy to look at something like that and say you know why don't we let it play out part of me strongly says let it play out I mean that in reality it was democracy in action um, majority rules here you had uh, which is of course is the same as the mob ruling um, let them have it. Have the city compensate, the city of Seattle, compensate those property owners. Um, within this, within the, the limits of Chaz, let them have their own little thing. You know, I mean, the city has complete control of the situation because they can just go turn the water off and the gas. They won't because in many ways they're 
very similar as far as politically speaking, very progressive up there. Um, I wanted to turn now, uh, talk about laws because laws are very important. Um, there are no, there's no freedom without laws and, and a lot of people would, would probably differ with that, but, but freedom is not anarchy. Um, Laws are necessary, but, and you know how it is about but, right? As soon as you say but, everything that you just said just gets thrown in the trash. But in this case, it's not true. But let me let me uh, read to you a quote from James Madison, who you know is known as the father of the Constitution. He said, "It will be of little avail to the people." that the laws are made by men of their own choice, if the laws be so voluminous that they cannot be read, or so incoherent that they cannot be understood. Um, If laws are written so that only lawyers can understand them, then they are of no use. We have too many of those laws today, but the first part of that quote is where we really get into trouble. If there are too many laws so that we can't possibly know them all, then they do not serve their purpose of ensuring our freedom. Let me give you an example. The federal government, if you go and uh, I did a nexus search, uh, uh, the federal government currently has um, 51 sections in the federal code, which is uh, uh, regulations, laws, 10s and of thousands, probably even hundreds of thousands of pages of laws. It's really hard to know exactly how many there are because a lot of laws canceled out older laws. Um, Some laws are still on the books, but they're not enforced, of course. The most famous of those, of course, are immigration laws, drug laws, and gun laws. Um... And this is where we get into trouble, and this is where real reform is impossible until we start cutting those down. Now, the reason I mentioned federal, and again, this doesn't include states and cities or counties or both. This is just federal law. And here's the thing. Federal law only has to do with international, and interstate. Things that occur within a state should not have federal intervention except when a state uh, law, a state law has violated the individual rights of a person. So, or a criminal, of course, like I said, an interstate crime where a person crosses a state line uh, 
in commission of a crime. There are too many laws. Did you know if you call the IRS for help during tax season, which I guess it still is technically tax season because um, you don't have to file them until what, sometime in July. Um, there's a 25% chance that the if you call the IRS for help on your taxes or a question about your taxes, there's 25% chance that the answer the IRS will give you will be wrong. Guess who will be held accountable for that answer, by the way? You. You see the problem? Like I mentioned, there are several offenses, several laws that are not enforced. Immigration laws. Everyone's, all oh, the system's broken, the system's broken, the system's broken. No. The system... I, well, maybe it is, but it's only broken because it's not enforced. The best thing that Trump could do, or any president could do, or any Congress could do, well, it'd have to be the executive because the executive is the one that enforces um, statutes. The best thing that the president could do to push forward real criminal justice reform would be to start enforcing the law. Now, I argued this before regarding the drug laws when uh, uh, Attorney General Sessions said that we need to start doing that. I argued, absolutely. And you start with those states where marijuana is already, recreational marijuana is already legal. Um, I think that you would have a weak uh, standing to argue against medicinal marijuana, considering that that uh, it's already been tested by the FDA. But recreational marijuana is a federal crime, regardless of what the states have to say about it. And any police, any president at any time could say, we are now going to enforce the drug laws. And we'll start with fill in the blank, Colorado, Washington, you know, whichever states, you know, you want to choose that they sell marijuana, uh, recreational marijuana, you know, on the streets, not, I mean, openly. And the state receives revenue, which, you know, it's taxed. And so as a byproduct of that, the states really could become, uh, go into receivership uh, into the hands of the federal government. Wow, I wonder if anybody's thought about that. That's a... Uh, a fascinating concept that the federal government could go in, close the dispensaries, and take over the state because they were uh, 
collecting revenue from marijuana sales. Anyway, even the threat of doing that, you know, the president can deliver letters to the, the Congress saying, well, I'm going to give you, we're going to give you six months to do something about reforming this thing. We think that drug laws need to be eliminated. We think that we need to review the records of all those who have been imprisoned because of drug laws. And if there, if the, if the drug conviction truly was a nonviolent crime and not a plea down to cancel out a violent or a gun crime, um, then we should probably get rid of those too. Um, and then the president says, oh, by the way, if you don't do this in six months, we're going to start uh, enforcing the law. You know, make Congress actually do their job. And the same thing can be said for, for immigration. You know, Barack Obama, as president, had a huge majority in the House. And a, and a sufficient majority in the Senate to block a filibuster for his first two years in office. Had immigration reform truly been an important article for the Democrats, he could have done it. Does immigration need to be reformed? Absolutely. But you can't parade around while you're not enforcing the laws saying we need comprehensive reform because we have a broken system. No, the system is broken because you're not enforcing the laws. There are plenty of mechanisms. And frankly, those mechanisms go without even hurting those who've actually, the the immigrants who have broken the law and come here illegally. You go after the employers. I mean, Democrats hate them anyway, right? No, of course not. We all know that really uh, when it comes down to who is the party of the rich, it's the Democrats. You know, you can go to the FEC website, by the way, to... Uh, to verify that, um, Wall Street overwhelmingly donated to Hillary Clinton in 2016 as opposed to Donald Trump, both in hard money to the Hillary Clinton campaign, to the Democratic National Committee, but also in the super PACs. Donald Trump was dwarfed financially in 2016. Um, if you want real criminal justice reform, get rid of the laws. Not all law. Defunding the police is certainly not the answer. But get rid of those vague, in-between, sometimes enforced, sometimes not laws... that cause such mistrust and distrust in our communities. Reduce the need of interaction between the police 
and the public as far as criminal actions go. And the only way you can do that is by reducing what is defined as a crime. Fifty-one sections of the Federal Code, hundreds of thousands of pages, and all the feds should be dealing with is interstate affairs and international. And states violating the rights of individuals. That's all the feds should be worried about. Anything else should not be a federal crime. It's a Snake River Lib. You want to talk about theft. The fact that there's a, such a heavy, heavy federal code, and we're not even talking about the tax code here. This is just uh, this is just just the uh, the regulatory code. Why? I've got so much more I want to talk about. Maybe tomorrow if I get a chance. Or today, later today, if I get a chance. For now, if you're somebody that likes to be up for some idiotic reason like me at this time of night or morning, well, good morning. If you're somebody that's a, a night owl and getting ready to go to bed, good night and have a blessed sleep. It's a Snake River Lip. Just be careful. Keep your powder dry. War's coming. Hopefully it will not be too violent.